Real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the affiliate guru. His clients include Ray Edwards, Michael Hyatt, the Ziegler family, and Shutterfly. Please welcome to the show, Matt McWilliams. Hey, thanks for having me, Sarah. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into affiliate marketing? Yeah, it goes all the way back to uh, 2004, 2005. I had started a business with a couple of friends of mine, and uh, we ran out of money. <laughs> basically. And we had to figure out a way to bootstrap this hardcore. We needed at least have a net revenue of, of about fifteen dollars to $20,000. And keep in mind, we were net re- we were losing uh, about $5,000 a month at that point. We needed to net revenue about $15,000 in the next three months, or we were just going to go out of business. And so I remember sitting in our CEO, he's also my best friend, I'm sitting in his office. And I said, Hey, what about these people called affiliates? He's like, what, you mean like radio stations? They're like people who, again, this is 2004. This was a brand or early 2005, actually, by this point. This is a brand new concept to us. I'm like, no, they're people who promote you. But the thing is, you don't pay them until after you make the money. Just to give you some perspective, the typical payment on an affiliate is somewhere between net 30 and net 60. You know, we pay our affiliates on the first day of the following month of their sales. So if they make a sale anytime in May, we pay on July 1st. For us in that situation, a company that literally had no money to spend, this was like a miracle and we paid them a percentage of sales. So the one thing we were confident of was in the next three months, there was no way we were going to lose money on this. We could not possibly lose money like you can with every single place that you run ads. You only pay for performance, which was really cool to us. And so I set out on this mission. I remember this was Memorial Day weekend, 2005. We had a three-day weekend. I spent the entire three-day weekend, like 16, 17 hours a day in the office, learning how to find affiliates and starting to find affiliates. And then fast forward, uh, about three months later, we were doing about $1,000 a day in gross revenue. Of that, about 30% was our net. We were making about $9,000 a month at the end of three months. We had achieved our goal of making $15,000. Fast forward another 15 months later, so 18 months into this, and we had done over the past year, at that point, we'd done $12.6 million just from affiliate. That became my mission in life, not only for that company, But also today I teach other people how to do the same thing that we did, which is start, grow and scale an affiliate program. Wow, that's quite a story there. So what would you recommend to someone who's thinking about starting an affiliate program as far as how to get started with that? And does it make sense for all types of businesses? I know it definitely makes sense for like software related businesses, but like a service based business and whatnot, it probably makes sense for all types of businesses. And then like how to find affiliates as well, like you said. Yeah. I can tell you that it definitely works in all niches. We've never really encountered a niche where it didn't work. There's a reason why 
Walmart has an affiliate program. There's a reason why Shutterfly has an affiliate program. There's a reason why Target has an affiliate program, right down to small entrepreneurs and and companies in retail, companies in software, companies in the service niche, companies that are selling digital courses. If you name a niche, somebody has a successful affiliate program. There is literally that I know of, there is not a single niche we've ever encountered where an affiliate program doesn't work. But to go back to what you were asking me, one of the biggest myths that we encounter is people just say, I don't need an affiliate program. I I don't need an affiliate program. And they think they can do it all. There's a guy, I'm going to, there's a guy I met a couple of years ago. I'm going to call him Joe because odds are most people listening have heard of this guy. Like he's delivered a main stage TED talk. He's written multiple best-selling books. He's pretty well known. And he told me, Matt, I don't need an affiliate program. I can grow on Facebook ads alone. Now, the irony of this, without giving too much away, is this guy had built his business empire by telling people to diversify their incomes through multiple streams of of revenue, investing, real estate, even like investing in other things like gold and whatnot. And yet he was putting all of his marketing eggs in one basket, into the Facebook basket. His entire business was based on the whims of Mark Zuckerberg. Thankfully, he had a CMO chief marketing officer who who was a pretty smart dude. And this guy tried to talk him into starting an affiliate program, but he would not listen. So about four months after we met, Facebook shut their ad account down an entire week, no revenue, fully focused on trying to get it back up. This was 95% of their entire business. The other 5% was just referrals. People referring other people and a little bit of like organic traffic and some podcast guesting and stuff like that. So literally a week with 95% of their entire revenue stream completely gone. When they got it back up, their cost per click rates, their ad costs doubled. They went from nearly 100% profit margin. They were running about an 80 to 90% profit margin on their Facebook ads to basically making almost nothing per sale. You know, they went from spending... $200, $300 to make a $2,000 sale to spending like $1,700, $1,800 to make a $2,000 sale. And the problem is they had some costs baked into that $2,000. They were literally almost making nothing. Their sales were cut in half. So not only were their sales, or not only were they making basically a fraction of what they were making before, but it was on a lot less sales. As you can imagine, their next call was to me. And I, of course, my rates doubled. (laughs) But that, that it's it's a lie that says that you can do everything you want in business alone. You don't need any help from anyone, Sarah. Like you can reach everyone on earth through Facebook, Google, maybe LinkedIn. I'm just going to say, I know those platforms are huge, but I'm telling you, if you think you don't need an affiliate program, you're missing out on all the benefits. You're missing out on the fact that you can make money before you spend money. The affiliate programs are infinitely scalable. You don't have to guess at targeting. They bring in the warmest prospects you can find, warmer than the most targeted Facebook ads in the world. And the other thing about affiliate programs is success equals more success. Sarah, when you run a really good Facebook ad, like a Facebook ad that you spend, say, $1,000 on and make $5,000, you know what you've done? You've run one good Facebook ad. There's nothing that says that's replicatable or you're. it's just going to, oh, because you made $4,000 on a Facebook ad, Facebook is going to send you more traffic at the same cost. That doesn't happen. But affiliates talk. Affiliates tell each other, hey, I'm promoting this and it's going really well. Maybe you should too. And so these benefits, not having all the risk and all that, when you don't have an affiliate program, you put a very 
low ceiling on your growth. And that ceiling for some companies might be $10 million. Okay. Most of us are going, wow, that's a lot of money, but it's still a ceiling. But for some people, that ceiling without affiliates to be able to run profitable ads might be a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. And you're completely capped. To, to answer the question, it works in every niche and you absolutely need an affiliate program. Every single company that I've ever encountered would benefit. They would grow by a factor of, they would grow between 50 and possibly literally five to 10,000% by adding an affiliate program. I don't currently have an affiliate program of my own. I'm, let's see, the planning process of that, I guess you could say, but I am an affiliate for several yeah. companies and products and whatnot. And I just love it because from this side of the coin, I don't have to make the products, all that stuff. Well, being know. an affiliate is great when you're first starting. How, how long have you been doing this, Sarah? The podcast or just... Your platform. At least a year now, about okay. a year. You're still very early and you're still learning what your audience wants. You're still learning about your audience. That's the reality of anybody who's in the first couple of years is creating a product is a terrible idea, typically, mm -hmm. because I've got a shelf full. I'm looking at them right now. I've got a shelf full of products over there that I have that the reason they're there is because I didn't sell enough of them. And the reason I didn't sell enough of them was because I created it thinking my audience is going to love this, but I had no conclusive proof that they would ever want something like that. And yeah, you can do things. You can survey your audience and say, hey, what are you struggling with? And you can learn a lot from that. But there's a big difference between saying, hey, Matt, I would love if you would create a video series about this. I would love if you would create content or do a podcast episode. My biggest struggle is this and what they will actually give you money for. And so one of the things that affiliate marketing is allowing you to do, Sarah, this is one of the beauties of it, is you are learning what your audience will actually pay money for, what they're truly interested in. And so one of the examples I often use is take the productivity niche. Productivity encompasses a lot of different aspects, right? You've got like time management, you've got health and fitness, you've got leadership, you've got delegation, you've got task management, project management. So you got like five things, there's probably more, but those are the five that you know come to mind. If you go out in that niche and you try to promote some affiliate offers at different price points in each of those little aspects, and you find that your audience, they're willing to pay $2,000. 1% of your audience will pay $2,000 for a course on time management but only one-tenth of 1% 1 will even pay $200 for a course on health and fitness. What have you learned about your audience? Well, that they care a lot more about time management than health and fitness. And now you can begin to shift more and more in that direction and begin to create your own products around those. And then to fill in the gaps, the things where maybe you aren't going to be the expert you can do a webinar with a health and fitness expert and sell their product, but you're not really focused on that with your content and most of your promotions. You're really going to focus on the areas where your audience is actually willing to buy stuff and where you're going to make the most money. Yeah, because I'm in the beginning stages of launching a business for podcast editing and production. And so I'm thinking of starting an affiliate program with that. And other than having... Yeah. <laughs> other than having a little link at the bottom that says affiliate program or whatever, what are other ways to get people to become affiliates for you? The number one way to find affiliates. The app, like I go back to where I was in 2005. I spent that whole weekend trying to figure this out. And 
the number one way to find affiliates when you know absolutely no one. Most people listening aren't where I was 13 years ago. I knew nobody in our industry, okay? Most of you listening was someone who would make a good partner. So start with them. And and then we'll talk about the like, but I don't know, I don't know anybody. You want to start with the people who are going to promote you because it's you, because they know and trust you. Start with these people because they're going to give you the most grace. And what I mean by that is when you first start an affiliate program, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have an offer that doesn't convert. You're going to have a page that breaks. Maybe the tracking is going to screw up. Something's going to go wrong. One of your follow-up emails is not going to go out to their people that they send. That's the reality, right? Mm -hmm. Things are going to break and you're going to make some mistakes. Who do you want to make that mistake with? Somebody that you reached out to that you don't know and you ask them to be an affiliate and they're coming into it because of the financial transaction or somebody that you've been friends with for seven years. Of course, the latter. And so make those mistakes with the people who are doing it because it's you, not the people who are doing it for the money. One of the other best ways is just to watch other promotions. If somebody in your niche has a big product launch coming out and you see some affiliates promoting it, and you should be on all their lists, by the way. If you're not, you're making a big mistake. You should be on every single one of your competitors and everybody in your niche. You should be on their email list. You should be following them on Facebook. You should be following them on Twitter. You should be following them on Instagram. And you know you should be spying on them. You should be seeing what they're doing and who they're promoting. And so watch those things. Participating in forums and groups. We used to call them forums, but now they're really just groups. Join a Facebook group in your niche if you're not already in one and participate in that. Now, the key here is when you join that group, you do a normal person does and you become a valuable member of the group before you just come in on day two going, hey, I have this product. Do you want to promote it? Don't be that guy. Don't be that lady. Do not do that. That is a terrible way to come in. You come in, you answer questions, you ask questions, you participate in the conversation, you develop name recognition. Sometimes it's as simple as, and I'll share my strategy here. Sometimes it's as simple as I spend 15 minutes every day, not a half hour, not 45. I don't get caught up in the social media jungle, but I spend 15 minutes. I literally put it on my calendar. It usually ends up being about four and a half days a week. There's usually about one day a week where I skip because I've got something else going on, but I put it on my calendar. And that 15 minutes is I'm going to go through, I'm in a handful of Facebook groups and I'm going to go in and I'm going to participate in the conversation. I'm going to look for one or two questions I can answer that are about affiliates or something like that. So I'll literally just do a search. If there's no questions, then I'll just, which on any given day, there might not be. And then I'm going to go back. I'm going to find one or two other questions that I can help people with. I'm generally regarded as a fair expert in podcasting. So I might just look up the word podcast and see if anybody's asking about that. Look up like copy and see if anybody's asking about writing copy. And I'll find one or two questions that I can answer in kind of a long form format, meaning I'll take two to three minutes to answer the question. It's a thought out answer. And then I'll usually spend the other two to 10 minutes remaining, just depending upon how many of those questions I find between the groups, just doing very simple things like congratulating people on a success. And what does that mean? It means I literally type the word congrats. That's the extent of how much in time I invested in that. It doesn't do a lot of good to just like a post. People don't see likes, people don't remember likes, but they'll remember a congratulations, throw in an animated GIF and they'll remember it even more. I look for just a few ways every single day where I can engage with those groups and develop those relationships. And then eventually, this actually just happened with a group this week where I got approached by the leader, one of the leaders of the group to say, hey, Matt, can you do a presentation next week about affiliates, about how to find affiliates? 
Of course I can, but that's what starts to happen. And in the last way, if you literally know no one and you're not in any groups and you don't have time, you can do what I did. Use this website called Google. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. You use this website called Google. You go to Google, you type in the name of a competitor and you scroll and you scroll and one by one, you start seeing the people who are promoting that product. Now, if your competitors are like a very, say a universal brand, I'm going to use just an example. If you're number one competitor, if you're in the fitness space and your number one competitor is Nordic track, Nordic tracks all over the internet. So if you're in like a super small niche, like you're in the guitar niche and you go type in like guitar tricks, guitar tricks is not something. Have you ever heard of guitar tricks, Sarah? Probably not. If you have, it means you're a guitarist, you play guitar. But most people have it. So if it's something where it's really ubiquitous, like a Nordic track or Walmart, for example, then add the word affiliate because they'll have to disclose that they're an affiliate on the page. Add the word bonus because a lot of times we may talk about this when you're promoting something as an affiliate, you'll offer a bonus uh, for purchasing through your link. That's a really good marketing strategy just for the record. We can talk about that, but add those qualifying words to be able to narrow the search results down. Typically the word affiliate will take care of that. And so you go to Google, you search for your competitors, you find the websites that are promoting them. Finding someone's email address is so easy. Oh my goodness. And there's Clearbit for Gmail. There's rocketreach.io. There are literally, there's domain tools. There's no shortage of tools out there. If you just Google how to find someone's email address, you'll find the websites you will find the websites. It is super easy to find someone's email. And then Sarah, what I'd love to do for your audience, if you go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash frugal, we put together a report for your audience where we actually walk them through how to find affiliates. And in there, I think it's like page eight-ish. I'm not really sure because I'm not looking at the report right now, but somewhere like in the middle of that report on the page where I give the very brief overview of how to use Google there's actually a sample email template and you can just copy and paste that email. And the key with this email, I say in the report as well, but the key with this email is it's super short. The biggest mistake most people make when they're trying to reach out to somebody, this is a cold reach out, right? This person has never probably even heard of you and you're reaching out saying, do you want to be an affiliate? And what they do is they write like a seven page novel. Here's everything about my course or my product and why it's so good. And here's the results everybody's getting. And oh, by the way, I was born on June 20th, 1964. And my favorite color is purple. And I'm also a fan of the Buffalo Bills. And it's like, oh my goodness, is this email ever going to end? I'm not going to bother to read it. No, it's a super short email. It's four sentences long, if I'm not mistaken. We've been using this a similar email for about five years. It took me 10 years to really refine this email, but this email works. And the thing is, you're not looking for a yes. You're not looking for a no, although you will get a few yeses and you'll get a decent amount of no's. What you're looking for are the three magic words that we love when people are, are when pe we reach out to people. It just says, tell me more. I'm interested. Tell me more. And that's all we're looking for. And that allows you to start a conversation. That allows you, they've now given you permission to send them a lengthier email because it's part of a follow-up. They're more likely to read it and become very interested in promoting you as affiliates. Yeah, again, just go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash frugal and, and you can grab that free report. That's awesome. I appreciate you doing that. I'll have to grab it myself. When you have people sign up to be an affiliate, 
Do you recommend that it automatically approves them or should it be more of an application process? I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, Marketing School with Neil Patel, and he was talking about affiliate marketing and saying that one of the risks or the liability with it is that if you just let anybody in, that they might start promoting you on all kinds of inappropriate sites and stuff. Sure. What is your recommendation? Should it be more of an application process? I I will say that... The bad apples are very few and far between. I've run affiliate programs like Shutterfly and Adidas where we had well over 100,000 affiliates. And I could not spend more than about 90 seconds per application. I think if Shutterfly, once we hit the fourth quarter, that first to second into the third and fourth weeks of October, we we were getting 150 to 200 applications a day. I have other stuff to do. You know, like I cannot be focused on just approving affiliates. I would spend 30 to 45 seconds per affiliate and be like, yep, I'll make a judgment call. And so typically you can tell, and this, this is a little bit of an acquired skill. It took me a few years to figure it out, but typically you can just tell. You can look at their website and go, wow, that is just terrible. How are they possibly going to promote? And so I don't decline people typically unless I'm 100% sure that they're going to be bad. And again, you can usually just tell, oh, this person has 127,000 Facebook fans and they delivered a TEDx talk. They're not going to be scammy. Mm. It, it's pretty easy. You go to their website and it's that's a good looking website. There's a picture of them with their kids. And oh, and, and look, they have they have a decent following. You just know it's real easy. But with the ones where I'm just not sure, what I do is I don't decline them. I just reach out to them. And I'm going to tell you from experience... of the time, if they reply, they end up being fine. And so if they reply, I just approve them. Unless they say something, they actually say in there, I'm going to promote your, you know, your family oriented product on an adult website. Like that would be really weird. (laughs) But unless they say something like that, or they're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out flyers to my fellow members of the clan. I don't know. (laughs) Like it would have to be really weird for me to, if they actually reply and tell me what they're going to do for me to decline them at that point. 99.2. 9% of the time, if they reply, that in and of itself means that they're not scamming anything. They're not doing anything nefarious. And so I would say in the past 15 years in various industries, Sarah, and I've easily, without exaggeration, worked with more than 375,000 affiliates at this point. And that is probably higher. I, I think we're getting pretty close to half a million based on all the programs that we've run. But let's just go with 375,000. I've probably had 10 affiliates ended up doing something unethical or that were problematic. And here's the thing. As soon as we discovered it, we reversed all their commissions. We only had one. And I remember who it was that lasted more than two months, meaning we almost paid them. I've actually never paid an affiliate that was doing something unethical because we will catch you. We will catch you. And so the question of course is how do you catch them? You just watch your affiliates. Once they start making sales, we go to their website again we, jo- we join their email list. I don't join everybody's email list when we're running a huge program, but the, most of the people listening, Sarah, aren't going to run an affiliate program with 100,000 members. If you do, here's the cool thing. You don't have to worry about that. You'll have seven people running your affiliate program. We're talking about the Adidas's of the world, the Shutterflies of the world. So just keep that in mind. But when you have 50 to 100 affiliates, I recommend if they've got a big following, Yeah, you join their email list and you follow them as you probably already should be and probably already are. 
But from there, as soon as somebody makes a sale, I start following them. I want to see everything they're doing. And it allows me to be a better affiliate manager too, because I see with our courses, for example, and so our, our last big launch, we had a big launch for our program called List Launch Challenge. And we saw what one of our partners was doing. And it was really cool. It was really creative. And so I messaged them on Facebook and said, hey, can I, do you mind if I share what you're doing with the other affiliates? They're like, yeah, go right ahead. And so I literally just shot like a, you know, screen did like a 15 minute screencast and said, Hey, here's what these affiliates are doing. It's really cool. It's really working. So if you want to copy this strategy and use it for your own promotions, here's how to do it. Blah, 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 blah. And I wouldn't have known that if I wasn't actually watching them, of course. And as far as an affiliate management system or how you track and keep up with all that, I know there's several different options and you recommend iDev. What about affiliate WP if you're running it on WordPress? I have no personal experience with it, but I've heard great things about it and I think it's you know, I think it's totally fine. Okay. But as yeah. far as any non WordPress specific ones, then you would recommend iDev to start with? Yeah. The thing I love about iDev is it's easily transferable. Affiliate WP, while great, if you ever switch over to or start setting up pages in any other system, like a ClickFunnels, you set up something in lead pages or something new comes along, because the reality is something probably is going to come along that's new in the next three to four years. Now you have to switch things. And that could mean that you're setting up uh, a new tracking system. It could mean that then you're switching to iDev. It could mean that you're having to create some sort of a plugin to fill the gaps. And it could just, be, it's just become a pain in the butt. With iDev, like you can set it up and it works you could literally have pages on your website. I'm going to give you an example. This is one of the beauties of something like iDev. And this is one of the beauties of affiliate WP if everything's on WordPress as well, is I could have an affiliate promote a blog post. You know, why would an affiliate promote a blog post? That makes no sense. There's nothing for sale on the blog post. Because let's say they just want to promote that blog post as a warm-up to a promotion or as a very soft way of pitching something because on that blog post, if you're doing your blog post, you have a lead magnet and that lead magnet leads to an opt-in. It leads to a chance to subscribe. And then when they subscribe, at some point in the next 30 to 40 days, I'm going to pitch them something based on what they subscribe to. And so why would an affiliate promote a blog post? Well, because if they can Instead of sending a thousand people directly to a sales page and 10 people converting, they send a thousand people to a blog post, 500 of them convert into a, a lead and 50 of them, even though it's over time, convert into a sale. And so that's the beauty of anything like iDev or Affiliate WP is that you can have them promote anything. But here's where it gets tricky. If on that blog post, I send them to an opt-in page that's on ClickFunnels, and in that process, I'm sending them to a sales page, which is on ClickFunnels, or let's make this even more complicated. Let's say I'm sending them to an opt-in that's on lead pages, but then sending them to an, a sales page that's on SamCart, none of that tracks across something like affiliate WP. And that's not a, it's not that anything's wrong with it. It's just that as your business gets a little bit more advanced, iDev is just there. And I have no connection to iDev other than I'm an affiliate for them. That's about it. And so if you're interested, there's a link on my toolbox page. Just go to my site, click on resources. There's a link to iDev there. But the reason I like that is it, not only is it really simple to set up, it's no easier, no harder to set up than affiliate WP. It's pretty much the same thing. There's no, you don't need to understand code. Um, if you can use Microsoft Word, if you can 
compose an email and add an attachment and bold some text in Gmail, you can figure out iDev. Trust me, I'm not techie. I don't know stuff like that. And I, you know, I've installed it a couple dozen times. But it works not only in the short term and it's super easy, but it works. It's there for the long term. If you do switch something, you just go boom. Okay, we're, we're switching to ClickFunnels. You just move the code over there. And the cool thing is like now your affiliates don't even, like they don't have to do anything. That's the best part is like, I've switched affiliate systems. Back when I first started, you there wasn't something like iDev where you could just be like, oh, it's plug and play type stuff. Like I've switched affiliate systems. It's a pain in the butt. Sales go down for months. Sales go down for months because you tell 500 affiliates, hey, switch your links, but only 412 of them do. And some of them just say, eh, I don't know if I like doing that. I'm only making a hundred bucks a month. A hundred bucks a month is nothing to them. But if you have 50 people making a hundred bucks a month, that's a lot to you. And that's why I like it. Yeah. Because I know there's like at least 20 probably platforms out there. Oh, there's that- usually a hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I probably only know of about 20. So do any of the ones that aren't WordPress specific all do that iDev does where you could change from lead pages to click? Yeah, there's a couple. I'm not familiar with any of the other ones, at least now that I would recommend enough to even mention their name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, There's a few that I've had some very negative experiences with. But then a lot of the systems like group pages and and ClickFunnels and whatnot, they have it built into their stuff. But again, using ClickFunnels, for example, it works if you're promoting any of the ClickFunnels pages. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't allow our affiliates to promote a blog post. It doesn't allow our affiliates to promote a podcast episode. And yeah, they could share the podcast episode, but then I get 50 people to come listen to it and they get nothing other than just some goodwill. Why would I not want to say, hey, share this podcast episode affiliate, share this video. Like you can, with iDev, you can literally, you can create links like to YouTube. It doesn't have to be a website you own. It sets the cookie and starts the tracking when they click. And so they could click to a YouTube video And eventually they buy, let's say they watch the video on YouTube, they subscribe on YouTube. Two months later, they see another video and they decide to go grab my free report from that video. And they click to that free report. And then 45 days later, what are we at like now, like four months later, and they buy buy a $2,000 course and my affiliate gets $798.80. That's pretty cool from an affiliate standpoint. And actually one of the beauties of it is, It means that every time we release a piece of content, every time we release a podcast or a video or a blog post, we get thousands of new views from outside of my network just because they're incentivized and they're not going to share every single blog post, every single podcast or video, but they're incentivized to regularly look for opportunities to share our content because there's a financial incentive. It's a part of their business at that point. Yeah, I didn't realize that any of the platforms can track you like that. I thought it was just like you have a link and it'll cookie it for however long. But I didn't realize like iDev where you can go to a YouTube and then you can do this and do that. And then it, that's awesome. Huh. Okay. Maybe that's the one I'll use. And then how do you determine the commission rate that you're going to offer? Yeah. So we have actually have a whole process that... I'm almost 99% sure, but not 100% sure when they grab that report 
my team was telling me they added something about commissions, I believe, recently. So I'll have to double check on that. It's a pretty lengthy process. So we got about a 10 or 15 minute video where I walk through how to determine the commission rate. So no promises, but that may or may not be one of the bonuses when they download that report. Basically, it's, I'll give you kind of the quick and dirty version here. You have to start with your cost of goods. So if you've got a physical product, in, physical products never pay as high as a digital product. It's just impossible. Unless for some reason you're able to get these things, what you're selling for next to nothing. You're selling shirts for 30 bucks and getting them for two that you, you might be able to finagle that. But you start with your cost of goods. One of your cost of goods is what we call incremental costs. So an incremental cost is for every unit that you sell, it costs you this much. Let's talk about a digital course. If I record the digital course and I say, it took me 200 hours, that's about how long our last one took, about 200 hours to write the scripts, record, edit, get them all up. And let's just say we value that at, I don't know, $100 an hour. So whatever the math is on that, $20,000 roughly, I think would be accurate. That's not a cost of goods because that's not an incremental cost of goods. I'm going to invest that $20,000 if I sell one or 1,000 courses. So it's not an incremental cost. An incremental cost is if every, if I need to hire a coach for every 100 students and they cost $20,000, then my incremental cost is $200. If I have to up the plan that I'm hosting my course on by $5 every student, then, okay, that's $5 every student. So you start with that cost of goods, you take that off. From there, you just want to really determine what's the market? What are your competitors paying? And the goal here is to be in the same, be in the same ballpark, be playing the same sport at least. Don't pay a 20% commission when you're when your you know competition's paying a 50 or a 40. You need to be at least at if they're at 50, you need to be at 40. If they're at 40, you need to be at 30 or 35. You, you need to be in the same vicinity as them. You can certainly beat them. If you have the wiggle room, for instance, if you're selling a hundred dollar product and your competition is paying a 20% commission. And your cost of goods on that $100 is 10. And you're like, you know what? I just want to beat them. I, I want to make this easy. I want They're paying 20%. I want to pay 30. I want to pay 40. Then you, you totally go do that. It's a competitive advantage. People are always like, if I pay 40%, then I'm making less money. Yeah, but you're making 60% of something versus 100% of zero. If you don't get the affiliate, you are making zero. So we look at affiliates are just a marketing cost. If you're paying your affiliates 30%, it's a 70% margin. Take away a few things like credit card processing and whatnot for most companies, and you're still at 60%. Good luck making 60% on Facebook ads at scale. You can make 60% on Facebook ads when you're running them small. It's really hard to do that at any volume that quickly. You might run 60% profit margins long-term, but not immediately like you will with affiliates. And typically we find also, like I said earlier, that the traffic is warmer, so they convert better. And the lifetime value of somebody that came from an affiliate is about 40% higher than somebody who came from any other form of advertising. And so when we look at the lifetime value of somebody who came from an affiliate, we might've paid $400 to acquire a $1,000 sale, but the lifetime value of that person is $1,700 versus spending $700 to acquire a $1,000 sale on Facebook and the lifetime value of that person is $1,400. So we, we literally, it's the difference between a 200% ROI and a three, four, 500% ROI.
I imagine anything under 10%. No, like on Shark Tank, they're always like, they won't get out of their, or whatever, 5% isn't enough to make it worth getting out of bed over. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I would assume that you'd need to do at least 10, if not 20. Yeah. In, in most in most niches, it's going to be at least 10. The exceptions are, again, if you're like a big box retailer, of course, they typically pay less because they're running super thin margins. Most people don't realize on a single individual sale, Target, Walmart, companies like that, they don't, they make less than 10%. You know, it's all volume. And so when they have an affiliate sale and they pay 5% and they're making seven, literally, they're almost making nothing. It's 100%. It's a volume play. And they're hoping to get that person to buy a few other things and to come back to get on their email list and things like that. That's really what they're, they're looking at their affiliates as more of an acquisition channel, not a profit channel, at least in the short term. And yeah, most niches, it's gosh, 10% at a minimum. In digital course world, you cannot go lower than 30. In services, the rule of thumb is anytime you're dealing with anything, the more handholding you do, the lower the commission. So for a live event, on a $1,000 live event, for example, 20% commission is totally normal because everybody knows your cost of goods for that live event and the amount of individual the person might get is is pretty high. So, you know, there's just some rules of thumb though. Yeah. So like for a service-based business, like what I'm thinking about doing, where basically someone records their podcast and that's all they do. Then they send it to me. I do the editing, the distribution, the audiograms, the social media graphics, just everything, even the website. And I'm thinking like $9.97 a month probably to do all that stuff. Yeah. But if I had an affiliate, what would you recommend that percentage be then? Since everything I'd, I'd I'm doing. A, I'd pay him a flat 200 a month. Ah, okay. A flat fee. I'd, I'd just pay him $200 a month. The reason why you want that to be recurring is every time you send them money, it's a reminder. A lot of people on something like that, Sarah, they'll just say like a flat 500. Mm-hmm. You know, just, give them, just give them 500, maybe even a flat thousand. Like we'll just break even the first month, but every month after we get to make a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with that. I just love the fact that it's a foot in the door every single month. And it allows me to say, Hey, here's $800 again, ninth straight month, $800. You want to send somebody else? Do you want to send somebody else? Hey, here's money. And this is the key. When you send them money, you don't just send them money and don't say anything about it. No matter what niche you're in, you send them money and then you send a set. So you send the money through PayPal, right? You, and PayPal just sends them the normal, the, the little notice that says, here's $800. We send them a separate email that says, hey, Sarah, just sent you $800. By the way, if you missed the announcement coming up in August, we have a big promotion where we're doing $1 trial of our membership site. Are you in to promote? And, it's, and there's no better time, literally no better time to ask somebody to promote you when, than when you just told them you were giving them money. You currently run affiliate programs, is that right, for all, Ray Edwards and Michael Hyatt and all them? How did you get into We have. We don't, actually don't work with them anymore. We've, we've uh, gotten away from working directly with clients a, a lot more. We're doing that a lot less over the years, yeah. We're more oh. focused on, on teaching it now and, and working with a select group of, of high-level entrepreneurs. And and also we have a coaching program called Your Affiliate Launch Coach that we're able to coach all the entrepreneurs out there who are in that $50,000 to about a half a million upwards of $750,000 a year. 
you're not ready to hire an affiliate manager yet, but you are ready to take your affiliate program to the next level, then we're coaching them. Rather than running it for them and not more of a done-for-you service, we're actually coaching them on, on all the steps that it takes. Oh, okay. Then when you were managing those programs, how did that work? Our big focus over the last decade when we've been doing this, where we are our bread and butter and where we become really known is, is getting more out of affiliates than they thought they could do. It's getting them to send an extra couple of emails. It's getting them to do an extra few posts, getting them to do a Facebook Live AMA at the end of a launch, getting them to treat uh, an affiliate promotion like it's their own promotion, getting them to develop a promotional schedule and stick to it, helping to not only just to motivate them to do things, but also giving them the marketing wherewithal to be able to promote bigger than they thought that they could promote. And I know you have several different guides on your website. Are you planning on writing a book at some point? Yeah, actually, I just got the manuscript recently for our first book. So we actually have two in the works right now. And it's really just going to be a matter of which one's first. So I'll be talking I'll be talking to my literary agent here in the next, we're supposed to talk right after my birthday. So we'll talk here in the next month and decide which one will be first. But yeah, we either do. We either have one. One of them is called the Passion to Profit Path. So basically, how to take your passion, your expertise, and your knowledge and turn it into a seven-figure business. And the second one is called the Affiliate Code, where mm-hmm. we teach people a lot of what we've been talking about today, which is how to run an affiliate program and how to take that to uh, and use that to scale to grow and scale your business. Okay, yeah, because I think I recall you mentioning on a podcast episode recently about a book, but I, I wasn't sure if I remembered that correctly or not. I'm looking forward to that because I'm a big reader. So do you think like the end of 2020 or not till 2021 that those might come out? It depends on how we publish it. Yeah. It depends on if we do a one book or a two book deal. With a publisher, it'll be at least a year. Without a publisher, and we could pretty much do it once it's cleaned up and done, yeah, it could be, yeah, it's, it's really hard to tell. Publishers, unfortunately, move at glacial speeds and just depends on, a lot depends on what's going to happen with the book market in terms of post-COVID and is it important to be in bookstores or not? Mm-hmm. If we're talking strictly online, who cares? I, I personally have always had uh, a dream and a vision of being able to walk into Barnes & Noble and see my book. But I honestly don't know if that's going to be even a possible reality in a year. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not not ruling it out. I just don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. So I guess it's one of those wait and see type things. And I'll let him guide me on what we're doing in terms of strategy. He he knows best. He's been, he used to work for one of the biggest publishers out there and he's, he knows the world. So he'll guide me correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Earlier, you had mentioned about creating affiliate offers with bonus content. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. Basically, in any given affiliate promotion, there's going to be a dozen, four dozen, a dozen hundred people promoting that same product. And of course, the question is, why should I buy it from you? Or why shouldn't I just go to their website? Why shouldn't I just Google the name of the company? Why shouldn't I buy it from Amazon? It'll be here in two days and I already have an account set up and it's one click. And so it really just comes down to creating an offer, creating an irresistible offer. What can I add to this that no one else can add? And so I'll give you an example. I'm actually going to pull this up here and, and I'll walk you through it. And so when we promoted Stu McLaren's course recently, uh, he has a membership program called Tribe. And so we were promoting that recently. And if you purchased through our link, we had, not only did you get Stu's bonuses, but you got our exclusive bonuses, which included, we had a workbook on destroying limiting beliefs that we only usually give to our coaching clients. We had a networking 
event that we did. They got access to our list launch challenge program. And the average bonus value is probably over $1,000. You got our program called Turn Your List Into Cash. You got our 10K in 10 Weeks program. You got the Affiliate Code Unlocked training, our seven-figure affiliate launch course, an exclusive email copywriting workshop. We added two bonuses at the end. One was our 2,000 subs. It's called called 2K subs in two weeks, 2,000 subscribers in two weeks. And we added a private mastermind strategy group on Facebook for three months. And then we announced almost at the very end that we were doing a two-hour next-level membership growth workshop with Stu. The total value, I think, here was, yeah, $10,216. And so none of those, you can't get my course through somebody else. You can't get my coaching through somebody else or this workshop through somebody else. They were only available when you purchased through my link. And so it created that irresistible offer that made people want to go, yep, I, I want to buy through Matt's link, not not this other person's. And so it's definitely a key. And, and it's one of those things like we've had people who said, Matt, I was going to buy your course, but I don't know. I just kept waiting. You added it to this bonus package and now I get all this other stuff. So I'll buy your course. And I'm totally cool with that because I make about the same amount of money, but it also allows me to support Stu as a result of promoting him for the last few years. He and I have a better relationship. He's very interested in promoting us. There are some ancillary benefits. It's also being high up on his leaderboard has allowed us to connect with some other people. It's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Value stacking like Russell Brunson talks about. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I really appreciate your time today. Was there anything, was there anything else you wanted to talk about or go over that I hadn't asked about yet? You have some great questions, Sarah. So I can't think of anything. I I would just highly encourage everyone to go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash frugal grab that report, your first 100 affiliates. We got 15 places in there where we will walk you through step-by-step how to find affiliates on those 15 places. Plus we've got a a few email templates in there, things that you can use and, and also some other strategies that you can use to get in the right mindset to be able to reach out to affiliates. A lot of this is, there's a sales aspect to it when you're reaching out to prospective affiliates, you want to have that right mindset. And so we've got a lot of that in there as well. So yeah, go check that out. Like I said, it's all at mattmcwilliams.com forward slash frugal. I appreciate that. I'm actually going to download that right now myself. And then I'll also have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash affiliate guy. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Sarah. Thank you. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.